With the 14th, 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast, presented by AAA. Every athlete has a journey. Focus on the game. Let us worry about getting you there. Auto repair, roadside assistance, and auto insurance. Start your journey at AAA.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the During to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. I am Chris McPherson, alongside both Rand Duffy. Hi, gentlemen. And Alex Smith, back yeah. from a little vacay? A little bit, yeah. Very refreshed, but uh, good to be back with you guys. I know you missed me a lot. We did. So, uh, happy to be back. Did you listen to the podcast? Uh, some of it. Let's uh, decide. Yeah. Well, no, I heard you guys he read the, the podcast no, recap. You, ripped me, you ripped me at the beginning of it, and then, you know, oh, he's not here. We can make fun of him. So I just didn't listen to it. You did the Cliff Notes thing. It's like I'll read the first page, the last page, and be like, oh, bro, I know, I know all of War and Peace. It's got me this far. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a great show for you this week. We hope you stay for the entire show, as we will have Teron Davenport, who covers the Eagles for USA Today. Uh, knows a lot about the game of football, is on Twitter talking about draft prospects. We figure we get a little bit of a local take this week and bring him on. We're going to have some draft buzz. Our pick six this week in honor of Valentine's Day. And I hope that everyone listening is doing something special for that special someone in their lives. Uh, our six players we will focus on this week are players that we have crushes on to go along with the Valentine's Day theme. Familiar with the song Mambo Number no. Five? Oh, indeed. Where he rolls off the list of all the women. Uh-huh. That's like me trying to narrow down my crushes <laughs> to so two. I, uh, it was impossible, <laughs> but I made it happen. Only wish that we had known this before we started recording the <laughs> podcast, because we could have done we a mock song. Could have done something. Yes, it's true. Maybe we'll give us something to do later in the week. Uh, our unofficial visit will be with Devion Smith, the running back from Michigan. Alex Smith caught up with him at the Shrine game, mm-hmm. and then we'll get to your questions in our draft mailbag but up first the latest news in draft buzz now it's time for draft buzz all right so kick things off here on draft buzz and we are recording this on the afternoon of valentine's day because even last week as i prefaced before we did draft buzz fran that we have to tell people when we're recording because some news will likely break and we talked a lot about john ross last week on the podcast and of course, it has been announced that he will undergo surgery after the combine. So for someone who has had ACL problems in the past, is this another issue? Or is this a potential red flag for teams as they evaluate the speedy wide receiver from Washington? Our good friend Tony Pauline was the first with the scoop. Yeah, I mean, the reason why it's big is that you mentioned that he's had a history of issues Uh, In April of 2015, he tore the ACL in his left knee and was out for that season. And then the previous spring, he also had surgery to repair. I believe it was torn meniscus in both legs. Mm -hmm. Give me one second here. It was surgery to repair two meniscus tears in his right knee. So he had the torn meniscus in his right knee, both of them, and had a, a double surgery there and then left ACL later that same calendar year. Uh, to take care of. So having the injured labrum on top of that for a guy who is 180 pounds or so, uh, it's not. It's definitely not a good look, but certainly a very talented player. I, I always think of injuries as a case-by-case basis, though, guys. I don't know if you feel the same way, where you can have a player who has, you know, 
you know, prior injuries like this, they come into the NFL and they can have a nice career, where on the other hand, there's some guys who it just seems like injuries always follow them throughout their career. So I really think it depends on you know, these teams getting their doctors to look at the players and going through all their, you know, their medical history. I think it's really a case-by-case -case thing. So I don't really just look at it and hear, oh, John Ross is having surgery to cross them off the list. I think it's kind of a case-by-case -case thing. Yeah, and it'll come down to risk management. I mean, that's, that's how it is with, as far as uh, all these teams when they're looking at John Ross and comparing them to other receivers in this class uh, that potentially offer that kind of vertical threat. Mm -hmm. A Carlos Henderson from Louisiana Tech who's got a squeaky clean medical record you may look at that and say, like, all right, well, Carlos Henderson, he offers great after the catch. He's got a little bit, needs a little bit of work as a route runner, but he's got that vertical speed. Don't have to worry about either of his knees or his shoulder, mm -hmm. whereas you have John Ross, who's a little bit more polished, just as explosive, but has all those issues. So uh, that's where it will, really will come down most of the time for John Ross. Yeah, so it's labrum surgery that Ross will undergo. He wanted to do it after the combine, so he can do all the timing and testing drills in Indianapolis, and he is expected to tear up the combine. NFL Network draft guru Mike Mayock, as well as the analyst for the Eagles preseason telecast, dropped his top five position rankings. Gentlemen, any shocks, any surprises from the initial offering? I had a few, and Fran, I'll let you get Go to your thoughts it, in just yeah. a second. But just some of the things that stood out to me, um, Deshaun Kaiser as his number one quarterback ahead of guys like Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson. I thought that was a little bit surprising. And Davis Webb on there as his fifth quarterback overall. Um, we know it's not the best quarterback class, and I like Davis Webb a little bit from what we saw at the senior week. Um, but I thought Kaiser as the number one quarterback kind of stood out to me a little bit. Yeah, uh, how about Dalvin Cook rated above Leonard Fournette as yep. the number one running back? Uh, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, he had Cooper Cup in there amongst his top five receivers. And Zay uh, Jones. And Zay Jones. So <laughs> obviously first his senior Alex, guys. Alex, Alex, look who's at number five. Look who's at number five. <laughs> had those, uh, he had those uh, senior bowl guys rated in the top five. And then Cam Robinson listed as an interior offensive lineman yes. instead of an offensive tackle. That, I thought that was very interesting as well. All right. So our next note comes from our good friend Adam Kaplan from ESPN. He reports that Reuben Foster had surgery on his right rotator cuff and will miss the combine. He will be ready for training camp. He has been mocked by some analysts as a potential top 10 selection. So if he is there at number 14 or 15, depending on where the Eagles pick, would you select him? Uh, I wouldn't turn, I wouldn't like turn my nose up to Reuben Foster in the least bit. I mean, obviously, look, the, uh, you have Jordan Hicks, and you know you're set there for a long, long time. The Eagles have Nigel Bradham. You've got Michael Kendricks on the roster. But when you look fo forward as a, a piece that you expect to be on this team for sure, you know, in the next three, four, or five years, Reuben Foster might be a player that you can't turn down because he's got that, you know, immovable piece that you know is going to be a centerpiece in your defense. Uh, you know, think Lou Keekley, C.J. Mosley, those guys that all went in the top half of the first round. Foster is that kind of guy. Hasn't really had any other kind of injury issues. I think he did have a knee injury in high school, but other than that, didn't really miss much time in college at Alabama. So uh, a guy that was a great special teamer early in his career, brings all the intangibles you want, has every physical trait you want. Reuben Foster is the total package. So uh, this is unfortunate, but I don't think it's going to hurt him too much. If he's there at 14 or 15, though, that's, that's a tough one to pass up on. Yeah, I think that quarterback is the one and only position that you can cross off without a doubt for the Eagles at number 14 or 15 or whatever it is. That's the only spot. Every other position, I think, is absolutely on the table for the Eagles. And it kind of goes back to the Jordan Even Hicks situation. Safety is the only other one that I would probably. <laughs> I, but still, I mean, yeah. if, uh, if Adams from LSU is on the board when the Eagles Fair. are there, 
I'd think about it at least. Fair. I wouldn't think about taking quarterback where the Eagles are in the first yes. round. But I, it kind of goes back to like a Jordan Hicks situation from a few years ago, and obviously that was the third round compared to the first. But the Eagles thought they were set at interior linebacker for a number of years. They had D'Amico Ryans. They had Kiko Alonso. They had a num- Michael Kendricks. They had a number of guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, guys get hurt. Guys don't fit, don't fit the defense, and Jordan Hicks is the best linebacker that they have. So uh, I, I definitely would not rule him out. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would not rule it out. All right, next note here, Dane Brugler from CBS Sports did a study on running back fumble rates, and it's something that seems to carry over from college to the NFL. And some of the backs who have horrific fumble rates include Dalvin Cook, who we just talked about, Alvin Kammerer, who's getting a lot of buzz as a potential first-round selection, Deontay Foreman from Texas. Your guys' thoughts on looking at that stat as it carries over from college to the NFL? absolutely look at it as, as something that carries over um, and, you know and really th- this is something that we talk about as well when it comes to that hand size for running backs if a guy has fumble issue, fumbling issues in college and he's got tiny hands then that makes me think that makes me worry about those tiny hands because that's not something he could change his, his hands aren't going to grow uh, you know a, a half of an inch once he reaches the NFL so uh, that's something when you look at fumbling and I chart that as well when I watch guys. You know, I've watched eight games of Dalvin Cook over the last couple of years. He fumbled twice in those eight games. I watched Deontay Foreman uh, just two games this year, fumbled one time in that game. I've watched a lot of these backs, and, when, and that's something I can remember back to Devontae Booker last year from Utah. Uh, a lot of people were really high on Booker. Booker's fumbling rate was outrageously bad at Utah, Re- really, really poor. And he goes in and the very first carry of right. his NFL career right. and prime time fumbles the ball, puts the ball <laughs> on the ground. Uh, and not to mention, with a lot of coaches, if you have fumbling issues, you're not going to see the field. So it definitely keeps you off the field as well, especially early in your career if you don't have proper ball security. But is that coachable at all? When these guys get to the NFL, they have new coaches. I know you said their hands aren't going to get any bigger, but can't you coach you know, better ball protection and things like that? You can, and everyone points to Tiki Barber. That's like the, the one case that everyone points to. Had all those issues fumbling early in his career, and then he worked it over and over and over with Tom Coughlin, and they were able to get it corrected. And there are certain drills you can do. There's, obviously, there's ways to carry the football. But my thing is, is when live bullets are flying, it's like a quarterback that's not good in the pocket. Like you're gonna, you're always gonna revert back right. to that level of, you know, that natural ability, the way that you grew up playing. So if you know, Deshaun McCoy carries the ball, swinging the ball all over the place, no matter how many times you drill that in, in mini camp and training camp throughout the season, when you go onto onto the field on Sundays, you're typically gonna revert back to how you naturally play the game. You don't think the coaches at the college level of course, are trying to coach out as well? Exactly. That's the thing. You mentioned the drills. Right. I'm sh- I'm sure that these coaches are looking at the players saying. We're doing these drills now, so don't think just because you're quote-unquote an NFL coach means all of a sudden you're going to have the magic formula. Exactly so, right. Uh, some of the players on the flip side who are elite when it comes to protecting the ball, Kareem Hunt, Devin Smith, and Christian McCaffrey in that class. So that's going to do it for Draft Buzz. Now let's transition to pick six, six players who we have crushes on. Now it's time for pick six. All right, so for this week's pick six, it is Valentine's Day. We want to show love to all the players out there, but as we go through the draft process, there's going to be players who, you know, either have already captured our hearts, our attention, players we might want to see become eagles at some point down the line. So we decided to go with six players who we have crushes on. So I guess I'll start things off you here. Off. And I was I approached this with. I don't have a ton of players that 
unlike you, Fran, where I'm like, oh man, I love this guy. Can't wait to see if he's gonna become an Eagle. I was trying to approach it from what are positions that the Eagles could address? Who are players that maybe a little under the radar? Cause I, I could easily have gone wide receiver Mike Williams and been sure. like, all right, let's, let's call sure. it a day. You know, and certainly I would love to see him midnight green. But I was trying to think of guys who maybe would fit pot potential prototypes for the Eagles. So I started with defensive end and I went to Texas A&M and I did not go to Miles Garrett. I went to his teammate, his Clyde Simmons to Reggie White almost mm. in Deshaun Hall, who has experience with his hand in the dirt. Okay, has a year of experience playing defensive lines, played in the wide nine. So, you know, can transition into Jim Schwartz's scheme. Uh, listed, I don't know what's going to weigh in at the combine, but listed at 6'5", 265. You know, nice size for what the Eagles would want in yep. a defensive end. A bit of a developmental guy. You want to see how he's going to test at the combine because he's bulked up a lot in the last couple of years. Uh, 13 tackles for loss, four and a half sacks last season. Of course, everyone wonders, well, is that because you had Miles Garrett on the other side? Still, I think he's someone who could project an Eagles defense and is someone who's not going to cost you that first or second round selection. I am much higher, I think, on Deshaun Hall than, than most people, I would imagine. You know, I, I don't think he's a, a top five player at his position per se when you look at it you know, in terms of being prospects. But uh, overall, I think he's a pretty refined player. He's not a top-level athlete, but a guy that is really well-rounded, can, can uh, make plays in pursuit, good run defender, and a smart pass rusher as well. I, I like Deshaun Hall. That was a good pick by you. So if this was the bachelor C-Mac, you would give him a rose? I certainly give him a rose. No question about it. Well, we'll have we'll talk about more of that on the, on the other <laughs> my bachelor podcast. Right, so the other podcast. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, well, if I had to give out a rose, I'm going to go next here, and I'm going to go uh, with a player that uh, Fran. I think you'll find this one interesting. Ben Bulware, a <laughs> linebacker out of Clemson. Uh, look, he's a guy who was at the Senior Bowl, and he's not. He's going to be a later round pick if he gets drafted at all, because yeah. people are going to look at him and they're going to say he's six foot, 235 pounds. He's too small. He's too slow. He's probably not going to test that well at the combine. People, people will be saying that now, and I know you're saying that now, but when you look two years from now and his defensive coaches are saying how he just seems to be around the ball in every single play and he's developing into a leader on defense because that's what he does. He does that and he also gets a tattoo of the national championship on his Achilles oh heel, uh, which is a great story as well. Uh, but he's just a guy to me who's always around the ball. He's not going to test great. He's not going to measure in great. But he's always around the ball, a lot like Tyler Matikiewicz from Temple was. I was thinking of Tyler Matikiewicz. He's trying to pull on my heartstrings right, right. now. That's what it is. No, but if he wasn't a starter his whole career, but once he did become a starter, over 220 tackles, four sacks, four picks, three forced fumbles, the numbers are there. He's around the ball. I like him a lot as a later round player and potentially a fit on the Eagles defense. I think in this class, which is very thin at linebacker, I do think he's got a chance at getting drafted in the later round. So. Um, I think everything you said is right about him. But he's a, a, an interesting player if you like those undersized, unathletic, uh, instinctive <laughs> linebackers that are always around the ball. He, he's definitely, and I wrote in my notes that he reminded me of Matikiewicz last year. I liked Matikiewicz a little bit more as a player. Well, of course he did. Of course, of course. But, uh, but <laughs> Boulware, I, I, you know, brings a lot of those traits. Uh, my first one, and C-Mac, you made a good point. I didn't want to necessarily bring up the guy that was like a shoe-in first-round pick and say like, like Mike Williams. So I just went with Corey Davis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what you did. I, I love Corey Davis, man. Like from the first time I watched him last summer, um, you know, from his 2015 film, uh, big fan of everything that he brings to the table. I like Williams as well. I like a lot of the, you know, a lot of these receivers in this class. But uh, Davis is so polished. You know, he's a big kid. He can go up and get it. 
really polished route runner, uh, does damage after the catch, reliable at the catch point. Uh, I like everything that Davis brings to the table, so uh, this one was an easy one for me. All right, so if the Eagles want Corey Davis, they're going to have to use that number 14 or number 15 pick. Yep. Okay, it's going to be a first-round selection. I stuck with wide receiver. Again, you know, the position you figure the Eagles are going to need to address at some point this offseason. And I went with a guy with some local ties here, played in the state of Pennsylvania, his college football. That's Chris Godwin. And it's because just watching him on TV throughout the course of the fall, you know, when I watch college football, you know, it's the day before an Eagles game, just trying to, you know, escape for a little bit, try to relax, enjoy some downtime. I'm not really watching scouting these guys. I'm not thinking, oh, man, that guy's an eagle. But Chris Godwin was one of the guys who just popped out on tape with those circus contested catches time after time again. And I was thinking throughout the course of the year, be nice to have that in the Eagles offense. Okay. Now, is that tra- going to translate over to the NFL? Not sure because he's listed at six foot, about 205 pounds. He might come in around five foot 11. You know, but he seems to play so much bigger than probably what his listed height weight is going to be uh, from a production standpoint. You know, had his best game probably of his career, 187 yards, two touchdowns against USC in the Rose Bowl. Had 11 touchdowns this past season, and he's from Middletown, Delaware. Grew up an Eagles fan, so. I was going to say, you might, you might be in luck this Valentine's Day. <laughs> exactly. So, across board, and again, not a guy who's going to cost you your first or probably second round selection. I just watched Godwin for the first time uh, recently, and he's a guy that I think a, a lot of receivers in this class can say this, and you could say this about a lot of guys every year. The big thing with him is that he's not a polished route runner right now. He's not great defeating press coverage yet, and the question with him ultimately will be his ultimate level of athleticism and, and top-end speed. You know, I think that there are a few guys in this class that you could say that about, but he is a great contested catch player, a, a go-up-and-get-it guy. Uh, I love the way he gets after it at the catch point, and he's a great blocker, too, a guy that uh, gets after it in the run game, uh, and that competitive nature really shows through. We were talking about that with some uh, people on Twitter last night about just the how it's a mindset that you like to have. Do you need your receivers to be great blockers? No. But I like seeing receivers that are great blockers because that shows that they have that competitive mindset, that, that relentless uh, pursuit of toughness and just kind of getting after and beat, winning your one-on-one that I like seeing from, from guys in the perimeter, and Godwin brings that for sure. Yeah, when I watch him on TV, it's the one thing that always pops in my head was it, it's, this guy catches everything. It seems like every ball, when it's a 50-50 ball, it seems like he comes away with it. Um, and we were talking about how you know fumbles can translate from college into the NFL. I think drops can too. If guys have a lot of drops in college, we've seen it at the next level uh, where guys struggle with that in the NFL. So if he has great hands in college, I think that's something that absolutely translates to the NFL. Um, but for my last player here, my, uh, the, my second player that I have a crush on, for me this was kind of love at first sight uh, because I had the opportunity when the Eagles were on the road uh, out yeah. in Seattle this year, we had a chance to go see the Washington Huskies host the Arizona State Sun Devils. And Kevin King, the cornerback, made a one-handed interception, and it was love at first sight. Can I just say that you guys were on the road. I was at home. I was watching the game from my couch. Right. And I, how many people were, were you with, with from the Eagles Network? It was uh, like we had a big group. Uh, yeah, you had like six or seven people, I, yep. I think, with you. And I'm texting different people of the group throughout the game. And early in the game, you know, people were texting me, who should, who should I be watching? What's the deal with this quarterback? What's the deal with this running back? And then Kevin King makes this one-handed interception, and – 
Alex texts me, oh, my God. <laughs> Kevin, I mean, look, Kevin King is huge. He's got great ball skills. Mm-hmm. You know, he's aggressive, a good tackler. He's played some corner and safety. Right. Uh, I think teams will look at him at both spots. Uh, didn't go to the senior bowl, but I'm interested to see how he's going to test the combine this month. 6'3"? Yeah. 6'3", a, a, a legit 6'3", too. I mean, that's, yeah. he's got a unique frame for the corner spot. Um, my last guy is a guy that I also, you know, kind of fell in love with upon first sight. Didn't see him in person when I f- uh, first fell in love with him. Did get a chance to see him at the Senior Bowl. Alex got to spend two weeks with him. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get more on that visit with him uh, later on in the show. But uh, Davion Smith from Michigan, a guy that at 5'10", 220 pounds, one of the most violent runners uh, that I've ever watched, a really, really competitive runner, uh, always picking up extra extra yards after contact. He's an outstanding blocker, really reliable hands. I love his vision. Uh, Everything about his game I really, really like. He's going to get knocked because he's not an elite athlete, and that's that's fine. He's not going to test well at the combine. I'm not expecting him to. Um, that's not going to hurt him in my eyes if, he, if and when he doesn't. Uh, but a guy that really, to me, seems like a lock to fit you know, in the NFL in some kind of a role, probably more of a backup, short yardage, goal line back. But I really like watching Davion Smith. All right, so that's going to do it for our pick six players who we have crushes on. Now it's time for our Mr. Relevant, Teron Davenport. It's time for Mr. Relevant. It is time for Mr. Relevant, and this week, you know what, Eagles fans, most, most of our fans, I would say, listen to the podcast, our Eagles fans, want to know what's going on with the team. So, as we get ready for the combine, free agency is, you know, coming up soon, we got to get the local perspective. We want to bring in Teron Davenport, who covers the team for USA Today, as well as footballgameplan.com, and you can follow him on Twitter, and I'm telling you, he's got plenty of takes on the Eagles, the NFL Draft, Baum at T Davenport underscore NFL. And we'll, we'll start with a little bit of a hot take here, Teron. You have said, you've, you've posted that if O.J. Howard, the tight end from Alabama, is there for the Eagles at 14-15, whichever spot the Eagles pick in the first round, if he is there for the Eagles, the team should not pass up on him. Yeah, you know, this is my thing. I if a guy like a Corey Davis is on the board, Sidney Jones, then definitely you, you want to look that direction or a Dalvin Cook. But my whole point in doing that article was just to say, listen, this guy is a playmaker, one of the best playmakers. This team needs playmakers. So I'm not one who believes that just because you have numbers at a position, you should bypass a guy at that position. I think that he should definitely be in consideration Obviously, there are needs, but I think the 2011 or 2012 draft, whichever that was, when they reached for Danny Watkins, I think that showed that you don't reach. So it it all depends on who's on the board, but I think he's definitely someone that should be in that consideration, in that talk for for that pick. Teron, you mentioned his name earlier, and that's a guy that I know you're very, very high on, certainly higher than I am. Sidney Jones, the corner from Washington, uh, he's got good size as a junior who declared for the draft. Uh, we talked about his teammate, Kevin King, a little bit ago. What is it about Sidney Jones that makes him the number one corner for you? There, there's a couple things. I love his patience. He's a guy that even if that cushion is eliminated, you don't see him panic. A lot of times you see a corner, you know, when that receiver gets up in their face, you know, when they eliminate that pillow, that, that corner will kind of panic, and you see him a lot of wasted movement, and then 
a bad situation gets even worse. You don't see that from Sidney Jones. And the other thing I like is he's always in phase. He's always in position to make plays. His footwork is superb. I saw him live against uh, Arizona State. And I, I'm telling you, the footwork is there. The ability to turn and run the loose hits that you want, you know, to be able to cover double moves, also to be able to click and close on those comeback routes and things like that. It's all there. He breaks on the ball very well. And then in addition, he plays the ball well also. He's a guy that will turn the football over. He's not afraid to come up and make plays against the run either. I, I love that about him. I think he's a complete corner. And in my book, he's someone that could come in and start either outside or at the very least bump inside and play nickel for the Eagles. He's my top corner 100%. And, Teron, sticking at the cornerback position, uh, a couple of guys who are down at the senior bowl, Tredavious White, I know his week was cut short with an injury, but White and then Desmond King out of Iowa uh, are two guys that generated a lot of buzz down there. Uh, do you like either of those two players as potential fits for the Eagles? I like the athletic ability that, that White brings. I think he's someone that, that can also bump inside and, and play the nickel. He also gives you a, a plus as a returner. And here we are, another guy who plays the ball well. And then the size factor is there, too. I definitely like him. I'm not as high on King as as others are. I, I have heard the, the Revis comparison just because of body type, which I, I definitely think are there. King, to me, is built like a mini linebacker. And he doesn't really have that change of direction. You saw that, I believe it was Zay Jones caught him a couple times on, on double moves and, and beat him in one-on-one. So if, if I had to pick one of those two guys, it would definitely be Trey Davis White. I think Demonte KZ is a guy that we have to talk about also because here it is, you know, another guy who, who's, who's very tough with ball skills that could play that dual role for the Eagles. So he's someone else I think definitely needs mention from San Diego State. Teron, we're going to give, get into your background a little bit here. You played wide receiver at Cheney. You were invited to a training camp in the Canadian Football League. So you, you know a thing or two about the receiver position. So you mentioned the Eagles need to get more playmakers. How do you sort out those early wide receivers, Corey Davis, Mike Williams? I'll throw John Ross in there. Okay, so you mentioned my guy who I had first, last, and that's John Ross. The thing I love about John Ross is his release. If you watch some of the things that he was able to do uh, last year, I mean, you look at that play, Fran, I know you saw it, where he, he, he made a Dory Jackson fall at his release. You know, those are the type of things you want a guy who could be on the outside and create, and that's what he brings. But then in addition to that, he has no fear. This is someone you see go across the middle. He'll jump up and, and make those plays. You know, it's not always the best thing to do, but he has a hunger for the ball that, that won't prevent him from putting himself in, in harm's way, and that's what I like about it. Obviously, the deep ability. The guy's acceleration is second to none in this draft class. I think, you know, once he does run, he's going to run in the 4-3-3 range, which puts him right in line with a guy like a Tavon Austin or the one who I give my NFL comp to, and that's uh, Brandon Cook. Teron, I wanted to ask you my last question for uh, two guys that you got to see in person, one at the Senior Bowl and one at the Shrine Game, cornerback Jeremy Coutrere from Middle Tennessee State, and then running back Donnell Pumphrey from San Diego State we saw down at the Senior Bowl. Tell us about both players, two different positions, but certainly areas of perceived need for the Eagles moving into this offseason. Yeah, see, Jeremy Coutrere, he, he's one of those players who I funnel him into the role as just a flex guy because he can play corner and safety. Coming out of uh, Mississippi Gulf Community College, or junior college rather, he was the number two ranked safety in the nation. 
and he went to Mid-Tennessee. He played alongside Kevin Byard in, in, in uh, 2015 and then this past year. This is a guy that I'm hearing from the, the trainers down there at Exos. They're saying that, that he's going to – now, he wasn't a combine invite, but they're saying that he's going to run in, in, in the low 4-4s, four high 4-3s, and then the athletic ability. That's what I like about him. He, he's someone who, you know, he, he plays very well on the outside. He's not afraid to tackle. He breaks on the ball really well. You want to see his ability and just the dog that he has in him. Watch the game against Alabama last year. That would definitely show you just, you know, how he could break on the football, how he could bait a quarterback into throwing a, a pass that he shouldn't. And those are some of the things that I like about Coutre. He's a guy, like I said, that could fill multiple roles. With Jalen Watkins being a free agent, you don't know what they're going to do as far as that number three safety. Well, he could come in and play that number three safety, but also give you a guy that could play corner. So I really like him. Now, when you look at Donnell Pumphrey, the first thing – I think of with him as a playmaker. I told him in Mobile, I said, you know, I don't give you a position. Your position is playmaker. And he's someone that you could run inside when you want to. He's someone that obviously has the speed to get outside. You put him in the slot, he could do a lot of things. I saw him against San Diego State two years ago, and that's really when I fell in love with him as a prospect. He had three touch- two touchdowns in that game. And if you just look at just the matchups, this league is all about matchups. So when you take a Donnell Pumphrey, he's a guy that is too shifty to be covered by a linebacker. And if you bring a, a, a DB uh, down and have him cover, now you're opening things up for a Zach Ertz or for someone else in the offense. So I think Pumphrey brings a lot to the table. Obviously, you have the questions about his size, but he runs bigger than his sizes, you know, bigger than 169 pounds. Just look at the senior bowl where the, the big safety from Connecticut tried to hit him, and, uh, you know, he absorbed the hit and fell forward and not backwards. Those are the type of things that when I look at him, that makes me think that he's very capable of running inside. And I'm not saying pound him inside, but you can run him inside. He can absorb the hit, and he's someone that could be a big-time playmaker. But I'm telling you, Jeremy Coutre, just to get back to him, he's the guy that's really going to impress when he gets to his pro day. And he's down there training with Trey Davis-White uh, or – Justin Evans as well, Desmond King, and he's definitely showing off down there. And they're really high on him and what he's been able to do. But it's unfortunate he didn't get the combine invite. He had an injury which prevented him from going to the Shrine game as well. And, Teron, speaking of Pumphrey and the running back position, let's just say hypothetically the Eagles don't go with the running back in round one. So the top guys are off the board, your Cooks, your Fournettes, those kind of players. If the Eagles are looking for a running back later in the draft, maybe somewhere in the mid-rounds, Davion Smith from Michigan is a guy we talk about a lot, but are there, are there any, any of those other mid-round type running backs who have really caught your eye? I really like Jamal Williams. Uh, I think he's more like a, a third or fourth-round prospect, but – his runner style reminds me a lot of Ryan Matthews in that, you know, he, he runs with power, no waste of movement. He can make that one cut and get upfield. He's ideal for that zone a scheme that, that the Eagles – I mean, they run so many types of uh, running plays, but a lot of it is zone, and that cutback ability is definitely there. A guy I really like that I think will go a little bit later is Joe Williams. And, you know, coming out of Utah, he's an Allentown kid, and – I'm telling you, you talk about explosiveness. If he hit, if he is able to hit a crease, he's going to take that thing a distance. And he's someone I really like. Uh, he, he brings some ability catching the ball out of the backfield also. So 
he would be nice in a complimentary role. But I think the best option for them would be Jamal Williams. Wayne Gallman out of Clemson is another one they consider. Just his running style, he's a very hard, tough runner. So he could be that guy that they could bring in when they have to get those tough yarders. So those would be uh, three that I, I think of at the top of my head. Last year, it was his first year on the Eagles beat. He tore it up, and he's definitely someone to connect with on Twitter if you want to talk Eagles, you want to talk NFL draft, and that's Teron Davenport from USA Today as well as footballgameplan.com. Give him a follow at tdavenport underscore NFL. Teron, phenomenal stuff. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. No problem. Thanks for having me. And again, that's Teron Davenport. You can follow his work at USA Today or on Twitter at tdavenport underscore NFL. Up next, it's our unofficial visit. Alex, we've talked a little bit about this Michigan running back mm -hmm. earlier in the show. You had a chance to catch up with one Davion Smith. Yeah, I know Fran really likes his game a lot, but I had a chance to see him down in the Shrine game. I really liked what he did on the field, and I really liked him off the field as well. So uh, I think you guys will enjoy this interview. All right, so our unofficial visit with Michigan running back Davion Smith. The unofficial visit. All right, I'm joined by running back Davion Smith out of the University of Michigan. Davion, what do you want to accomplish here this week, being in front of these scouts, in front of these coaching staffs? What do you want to accomplish? Uh, really just to show them that I'm not I'm more than a downhill runner. Show them I have quick feet coming out the backfield, catching the ball. Show them that I'm a great pass protector and uh, show them I can make, make a guy miss in the open field, really. And what's some of the feedback that you've gotten from the coaching staff this week? I know Deuce Staley is the offensive coordinator. He's the running backs coach for us here at the Eagles. What's some of the feedback that he's given you? Uh, he's just coaching me up just like Coach Wheat uh, would coach me up back at Michigan. You know, uh, just uh, be a little bit more patient on your runs. Understand what exactly is going on and uh, see the hole before you make it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk about guys coming out of college, whether they could be a three-down back or a situational back. Do you see yourself as a guy who can be that every-down kind of player? Yes. Yes. No, no, no doubt about it. I think I can be every down back. Yeah, uh, it's just going to take patience and uh, really understanding the offense fully. How tough is it to have patience as a running back? I mean, is it tough to just kind of want to go right away? It, it is. You just have to uh, train yourself. Like Le'Veon Bell is really good at it. Like very, very good at it. You just have to train yourself. It's, it, it depends on what you do on and off the field. Like studying the game and when you're at practice or when you're just by yourself, being patient, put cones up and just be patient. Just sit there for a couple seconds. So my last question for you here, Davion, as we get closer and closer to the draft, what's maybe the one thing that you really want to improve the most? I know you mentioned your patience, but is there any other part of your game that you really want to work on heading into the draft? Just uh, my second my second burst. I know I have it, and uh, it's, coming, it's coming soon. So, Davion Smith from the University of Michigan, thank you very much. Thank you. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the draft mailbag. All right, last but certainly not least, it's time for your questions in our draft mailbag. And uh, some disturbing gifts were exchanged on Twitter as a result. Really Just flaming hot takes that are coming out of this podcast. As a result of uh, Fran soliciting the questions. Great job by you, the fans, as always, and great job by Alex for uh, ruining it. Yeah. I want to go that far. First question here comes from at. P. Braxmeyer on Twitter wants to know what positions do you expect the Eagles to focus on in free agency, and is the team really going best player available in the draft 
other than quarterback? I think that the best way to approach it, and it's really the way that the Eagles kind of have approached the last couple of years, is you fill any holes that you have if you want to play a game tomorrow in free agency, and you fill your long-term, quote-unquote, needs throughout the draft. So if you've got uh, needs on your roster and you see that you've got a great player on the board, uh, you know, at whatever position, regardless of what you may need tomorrow, I'm talking big picture, that's what you use the draft for. And, and that's why we go back, Alex, you mentioned the Jordan Hicks pick from a couple years back. That's a perfect example of not just drafting, oh, well, we need to play tomorrow. Uh, we've got this linebacker, but we already have five linebackers on the roster. We can't take Jordan Hicks in the third round. No. Jordan Hicks is the best player on your board. You take Jordan Hicks, and now he turns into one of the best players on the defense. Yeah, and I just think it, it's it's hard to forecast exactly what positions that you know a team is going to go after in free agency versus the draft. It all depends on the player evaluations on both sides. So um, it's hard for me to look at one spot. I think wide receiver, though, it's fair to say the Eagles are going to be pretty active in free agency looking for a wide receiver. I'm sure they'll be active looking for a wide receiver in the draft as well. So, I mean, you're going to have both sides of it. Um, I think it just depends on, you know, how deep the class is in free agency, and I think wide receiver is a spot uh, where you could see the Eagles be active. For me, wide receiver, cornerback. The Eagles don't have their You're starting cornerbacks. Right, right. It's an obvious, you mentioned, can you line up tomorrow and play? Right now, the Eagles have Jalen Mills from last season because right. Leos McCalvin obviously was released, and Nolan Carroll is set to become a free agent. So cornerback is going to need to be addressed, and you have a depth linebacker. Okay, yeah. Stephen Tolick was brought on a one-year deal. Right. Um, there's rumors swirling about Michael Kendricks, his future with the organization. Uh, Najee Good is set to become free a free agent. Right. So, uh, so those positions on defense as well as wide receiver are ones that are probably going to be addressed to some extent in free mm -hmm. agency. Our next question comes from Ryan Boer and wants to know if you could pick one player from this draft class who could make the Hall of Fame, who would it be? Ben, uh, Alex, if you say Ben Boulware, I'm reaching across this table right now. <laughs> I, think, I think you have to go with the guys that we consider the best players in the draft, right? Like, you wouldn't yes. consider them not to be Hall of Famers. if you, they were. So, you know, a Leonard Fournette, uh, a Miles Garrett, the best overall prospects in this class, I think you look at as potential Hall of Famers. Davion Smith. I mean, you throw all those guys <laughs> in. <laughs> well, which positions have the highest rate of, you know, the most Hall of Famers? Running back, you know, playmakers, wide receivers, those kind of guys. You don't see that many tight ends get in. Uh, you don't see that many kickers get in or punters or anything like that. So I think you look at the skill positions. Maybe a guy like O.J. Howard is a name that stands that out to me. That was one of mine just because uh, of the position itself. That maybe right. if you have someone who can really transcend. Really really who, who can transcend the position, though? And it's tough to see, Even like Miles Garrett, it's like, is he really going to be a right. Von Miller type player? Right. Terrell Davis just got into the Hall of Fame. Like, can Leonard Fournette be Terrell Davis? Well, give you like four or five. Right. Four really good years and right. not much else gets you into the Hall of Fame. Exactly right. Meanwhile, T.O. not in the Hall of Fame, wow. but a guy that he's been, that's been compared to T.O. is Corey Davis. So maybe Corey Davis, a guy who's got the similar build, similar speed, maybe Corey Davis We've is a Hall of We've mentioned both of my crushes in this segment. I mentioned one, you mentioned the other. So. There we go. All right, next question comes from at Jeff Gamber. Who are your top three corners and top three receivers and uh, I'm just going to step to the side yeah. and let, <laughs> we'll let, let Fran have this one. Yes. Top three corners right now with a lot of work left to do. I like Tredavious White, I like Cordea Tankersley, and I'll say Marshawn Lattimore. Those would be my three guys. As my, as my top, in no order, I would say those would be my top three guys at corner. And at receiver. So like Davis White is number one. Your yeah. Number one corner. Well, right I'm now? just saying the top three. Top three. He regardless. Said, yeah. Didn't say order. Yep. Okay. Didn't say the order. Okay. You listen. Hey, come on. Man. I didn't know if you were giving the order or not. No, 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 no. This is like a USA Today bad tweet from you. Um, 
So I'm going to go with uh, those guys at corner. And then my receivers, I would say Corey Davis, Mike Williams. <sighs> I still have a lot of work to do on these guys. but John Ross? I would say probably John Ross from what I've seen. I would say probably John Ross. I think that was Mike Mayock's top three as well. Yeah, I would say probably John Ross. All right, next question comes from at 2 life 6 What do you expect the Eagles to do at linebacker, at the linebacker spot, if Kendricks is traded and will Hicks remain in the middle? So it's an interesting debate because of Kendricks and his usage right. last season. So the Eagles play a lot of nickel. Mm -hmm. um, you really want, you're looking for an athlete more than anything else to pair with Jordan Hicks, okay? And I still think Kendricks can be a fit in the scheme. Absolutely. It's, you know, we've seen him flourish as an Eagle. You know, he's someone who can be aggressive, get after the quarterback and fly in the backfield. Let's not forget he was drafted to play in this kind of scheme as well. That's true. So maybe it's just a one year, it takes, you know, some time for him to make the transition there. But if for some reason the Eagles have to address the spot, could they move Hicks to the outside? I know that's something that you and Ike Reese discussed on the yep. podcast. Some people have put up, you know, that notion out there. But to me, it's rare to find someone who can be a playmaker in the middle. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to want someone who has the athleticism of Kendricks to be able to put at that spot opposite of him. Yeah, I think that Hicks has the ability to play any linebacker spot you need. I don't think you need to move him mm -hmm. from, middle, from middle linebacker. I think he plays the middle linebacker just fine in the scheme. Yeah, and with Kendricks, I think it all goes back to playing time and how they're going to use him because when you're a nickel and you only have two linebackers on the field, you're not taking Jordan Hicks off the field. And last year, you weren't taking Nigel Bradham no. off the field either because he had a really, really solid year in his first year here in Philadelphia. So um, I think they just need to build some depth. That's what it's going to be. So maybe in the later rounds, you look for a guy, Ben Bulware or whoever it may be uh, in the later rounds. I just think you need some depth, not necessarily an impact player right away at that spot. All right. Uh, last question here comes from at Jamie underscore sir. What skills should we look for in a cor cornerback prospect to fit Jim Schwartz's scheme? So obviously you want, everyone always asks like, oh, they want more man corner, more zone. They play both man. They play, you know, they play both man and zone. So you can't say, oh, this guy's a man corner. This guy's a zone corner. He's a great fit. I think really the big things that come down, it comes down to are you always need a cornerback that can play man coverage because everybody in the NFL needs to play man coverage at some point. But I think corners in this scheme and defensive backs in the scheme, because of the, the one gap philosophy, you need to be able to tackle. You need to be able to be a part of the run fit. So corners and safeties that can't tackle can't play in this scheme. So I think that's number one. And number two, the one trait that he's always talked about whenever he was asked about Jalen Mills, what's that one word that he always goes back to in press conferences is competitiveness. So, you know, he looks for that, uh, that competitive nature out in the perimeter, out in space against number one receivers, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, and Odell Beckham, and Des Bryant. He wants the competitive guys that are not willing to, or you know, not one to back down from a fight. I think those are the kinds of guys, those scrappy kinds of corners uh, that you want in this scheme. I don't think that size is important. I don't think that any of that. So you know, a Desmond King, who's 5'10 and change, but is a great tackler and is instinctive and all that, he might be a fit as a, as a corner. Maybe not, maybe not even need to be in the slot. Could be potentially on the outside. It's interesting you say it because when I was going for or looking for the crushes and looking at the defense. I went back to the Detroit Lions drafts to see if there was a common theme with the yep. positions. Quarterback, there wasn't. No. Darius Slay is not considered, a, what you would say, is a big corner. Good size at 5'11", but I was almost going into it thinking you need to have like the 6'1 six six corner. You want to emulate, you know, you know, a Richard Sherman type 
doesn't have to be that. For I this think game. everybody wants the big coin. Yes, you would want. You all you want. It's like when you were younger and you would create a Madden team and you create your own player and you would make them all seven foot five and three hundred yeah. pounds with four three speed. Uh, you, would cheat like you, you did, all right? want it, but it doesn't. You don't need it. So I don't think the size is necessarily a determining factor when looking at corners in this scheme. Yeah, if you're six foot two and you have long arms, but you can't tackle. Right. Not that useful. Which happens. Yeah. All right. So I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Journey to the Draft podcast. Special thanks to Teron Davenport from USA Today for joining us. Thank you so much to all of you out there for your phenomenal questions. If you have anything that you want to add to the podcast, make sure to rate or leave us a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're able to download Journey to the Draft presented by AAA. Otherwise, that's going to do it for us here. So for Alex Smith and Fran Duffy, I'm Chris McPherson. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy all the love on this Valentine's Day, and we will be back next week.